Brunch with me, Anya Adams. And me, Fanchon Cox. Sister Brunch is a podcast about Black women and non-binary folks striving and thriving in media, entertainment, and the arts. And we can't wait to share more stories with you over the next few weeks. Now, today's guest is a close friend. She's a close friend of mine. She's a close friend of Anya's. She's also a close friend of Sister Brunch, and we are so excited to have her, Ms. Cheryl Bedford. Cheryl is an NAACP Image Award nominee for Dark Girls. If you have not seen that documentary, What Are You Doing With Your Life? Go see it. It's so good and important. She's also a Baltimore native who holds a BFA from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and an MFA in producing from AFI. Some prestige up in here. As a production manager, line producer, and producer, Cheryl has worked on countless film, TV, digital projects, including 17 independent features. She was the first chair of diversity development and a producing instructor at New York Film Academy in LA. She also formed her own company, Cheryl L. Bedford Productions, in January 2001. Miss Bedford is the founder of, I know y'all have heard of it, and every woman that listens to this podcast should be a part of this, and non-binary folks, Women of Color Unite, Woke You, a nonprofit whose purpose is to help women of color get hired, get their projects funded, and get their content distributed. From the members of Woke You, Cheryl created the JTC List. The JTC List is a database of now 5,000 plus women of color above and below the line in entertainment. The list is named after her mother, Joan Teresa Curtis, an activist, a warrior, and Cheryl's biggest fan who passed away in 2016. We are so glad to have you on, Cheryl. You're resume and your history that you are bringing to Sister Brunch is so phenomenal. I'm so excited to just dig in with you. I'll just say very quickly that I was a young producer, called myself a producer in Los Angeles back in 01 or 02 or something like that. And I got a an assistant job on a film that Cheryl was producing and I showed up in flip-flops. <laughs> she might want to share the rest. <laughs> <laughs> tell us do so tell us. i took her aside like i was not going to embarrass her here's this young sister coming on i think it was your first production in los angeles like she and yeah. I, even, it was a short film but i had already done a whole bunch of features and uh you know but something for a paycheck and uh so <laughs> i take fanchon aside and i very sternly but gently Tell, I don't know how yes. gentle I was. I was like my sister. We don't wear flip flops on set. Like you could get hurt, and then we could get sued. Like don't, don't ever do that again, okay? <laughs> and we've been friends ever That's since. That's right. <laughs> we sure have. And we should mention, which I love about this, is that another guest from season three was an actor in the film, Diana Elizabeth Jordan. We're gonna have her on. You'll hear her story. But I just love that we are still working together. Here we are all these years later, how many years later, and here we are. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. So, so Cheryl, you were working on a movie, but do you want to tell us like your background? Like, how did you get to that movie and how did you get to where you are now? Sure. So I, I always tell everybody I'm a producer, line producer, 
by trade. I'm an activist by DNA. So my mother was an activist. She was also a statistician. My Aunt Mary, Mary C. Curtis, is a very well-known journalist. My Aunt Janice just finished her tenure as the president of the National Association of Black Storytellers. And my Uncle Thomas, who's a retired judge in Baltimore, Maryland, helped to pass the Americans with Disabilities Act. His youngest son, my cousin, is disabled. So I come from a long line of activists. So the very, actually, the very first time I marched, I was two. I was on my mama's hip, and it was during the Baltimore riots. So uh, I combined all of that and am the founder of, as we say, Woke You, um, Women of Color uh, Unite. Actually, it's the way the bio reads, but actually the JTC list came first. And the JTC list was the database. And it was originally just a Google Doc. So what happened was in February. I remember that. I remember signing up on it. Yeah. Yes. So February 2018, the actor, Kelly Perrine, he and I are very, very good friends. Kelly mm-hmm. lent me his beautiful house in Los Feliz. And I I just got together all the women of color that I knew. And they could invite other women of color. So 50 became 75. 150 women of color showed up. And I remember the exact number. 93 signed up. Everybody else would have. But Teresa Giacino was the one signing people up. She was like, can I eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. just wanted to get us all in the same space. Mm. So, and everybody mm. there, the valets were women of color. The caterer was a woman of color. Like uh, the sommelier mm-hmm. was was a black woman. Like I just got everybody in the same space and used my tax return to pay for it. And it was, mm. Teresa just, you know, also at the time was writing for the Mary Sue and she wrote about it. And she said mm. something happened in that room. There was something it, it literally was a moment that became a movement. And so mm-hmm. that event went really, really well. It went so well. Everybody was like, we have to do it again. We have to do it again. And at the time I was working at Awesomeness TV and they had this big, beautiful building in Santa Monica and they lent it to me. And so in April, I got, it was us and our allies and something else happened. And it was at that moment that I realized that all the lists in Hollywood, I'm just going to say it, are like phone books to white people. They're like, okay, I don't know what to do with this, right? Uh, Gregory Zide, our treasurer, has termed it, um, and director of operations, he termed it exclusion by familiarity. Didn't go to school with any, Mm. don't work near, don't live, don't golf. Mm. So, but that, in that, that event, People got hired, and I was like, "That's it, that's it." The yeah. only Girl, way to I was get at people that hired, their projects that was funded, amazing. I love it, and their content distributed was to get those in the same room. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it was. It was mm-hmm. that moment, and so by the end of the year, uh, and and actually, some of the. I say the worst, best, worst advice I ever got was from Marva Smalls, the chief diversity officer at Viacom. She said, stand on your own two feet. Come out as a nonprofit. Like, come out standing on your own two feet. Nobody had really done anything like this before. I think Brown Girls Doc Mafia was about six months before us. Women of Color Filmmakers was six months behind us. But nobody had done anything like that before. And so she said, come out standing on your own two feet. 
That very first invitation in February 2018 said women of color dot 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 and then all caps unite. That is where the name actually comes from. So that's why the JTC wow. list is named that and women yeah. of color unite. And I say the best worst advice because she was right as far as like coming out, standing on our own two feet. Uh, nobody told me that I would spend $60,000 to keep it running uh basically woke you ran on my five credit cards until mm -hmm, until right. the, yeah uh, until the pandemic and it was wow. because when we came out standing on our own two feet there was this thing that i decided to do and and here's the funniest thing everybody gave me pushback Everybody gave me pushback about mm. this. I did not want to charge the members. I didn't want to charge yeah. them for anything because I've been in Hollywood since 1990 and all of the other, I'm just going to say it, white female groups like women in film and so forth. And so these are things that a lot of people can't afford. And if women of color mm. make so much less money, why are you charging us the same fucking thing? Oh yeah, by the way, I curse a lot. Mm. Why are you charging us the same fucking thing? <laughs> And so it was really right. important to me to not charge them for anything ever. Mm. And if there's only one way you could do that when you're brand new and that's to pay for it yourself. So though, thank you. Thank you, Black Jesus. Woke you does not need my five credit cards yet. It still has not. It, mm. it hasn't made enough money to actually pay me back. I'm just glad I'm not hemorrhaging money anymore. And yeah. that really... Mm. Here's what I know. This industry should be fucking ashamed of itself because it wasn't until the deaths of uh, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor that all of a sudden we started getting mm -hmm. in donations. And I asked the women of color to wow. donate what they can, when they can, but we make so much less. So mm. it, it was not self-sustaining. But after that, right. then we started getting in large donations just from individuals, from a few companies. I'm not even going to say, you know, the studios. The studios have come in when, and production companies when we have events. But even those, there was never enough money. It still came out of my pocket, right? Like the Auntie Brunch of Fashion <laughs> was that. Like all of those, the gala, oh, the all of that, we never, yeah. we never got in enough money to pay for it, I, it always, yeah. the majority of it always ended up, I'd say a half, a quarter to a half, still ended up on my credit cards, which is why I fancied, I remember the auntie brunch, she's like, oh my God, this is fantastic, smile. And I'm looking at her like, I'm just fucking trying to figure out how I'm gonna pay off the credit cards. Um, and <laughs> yeah. because yeah. Yeah. the worst part about paying off the credit cards was that uh, after Awesomeness TV, I had all these jobs lined up, but I started making a lot of noise and they systematically started going away. Like they started, oh, wow. it was like people wanted to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, but only up to a point. And I think they were like, yeah, we don't want her at our company. Like, cause she's going to hold our feet to the fire. This is Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and Anya Adams. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with our incredible guest, producer and activist, Cheryl Bedford.
We're back. Check out more of our conversation on getting woke paid with Cheryl Bedford. You've told us your origins, which is you were born to be an activist, right? Like it's mm -hmm. in your blood and it's in your family, it's in your community. And sometimes as a friend, my heart breaks for what you go through for being authentic and calling out. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I know this industry well enough to know that some folks just run away from that. But you are responsible for so much change. And it mm. comes both in the form of what you've done with Women of Color Unite and the JTC list. And we should talk about Start With Eight Hollywood also, because mm. Brittany, one of our producers, was in Start With Eight. And, um, you know, I love Start With Eight. But at the same time, in order for things to happen, we need folks to push, right? Even though it's all going to go slowly, we need folks to push. And you are constantly in that position I wonder if you want to talk to our listeners about how do you do that and maintain your self-care and your love and your joy. And I do get to see those things from you too. Um, how do you do that so that our listeners know and we know how do we push and still stay alive, basically? And uh, can I just add one thing to that? And also know that you will continue to work. Because you did say that you were having, you know, those jobs were going away, but you are working. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, okay. So <laughs> self-care, that is really tough. I have to remind myself. I do go mm -hmm. to the gym. I take Pilates. Those are things that I do for me so that I can get out of my own head. Uh, I have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friends, especially black women. Mm -hmm. uh, my best friend, Milana Gray, uh, of course, Fanchin. The list goes on. It, it really does. I have an incredible staff. I have incredible volunteers. Yes. And I know that I'm not in this fight alone because they have my back. So let's talk about when I was doxxed on Twitter. Mm. So somebody doxxed me. Yeah. And it was actually somebody who knew that I actually get death threats. Um, somebody actually once sent me my address. So I was like, yeah. So now I oh. use firms that, you know, white me. Wipe me off the internet, like my personal information. So when I was doxxed, that was really, really hard. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. uh, my fiance called me that night. And this, and I'm I'm not going to talk about the person or whatever. I'm just going to say that they, they started it. <sighs> Banshee knows. And it went on for days. Now, here's what I don't do. Mm -hmm. I don't give oxygen. There are some, I just, I just don't give oxygen. As people began to, <laughs> I could, I could, oh, I can always count on black women. Uh, as people began to find out, they started questioning. The same person emailed every single trait about me. Like it, 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 I, I'm not going to lie. It felt like nine days of fucking torture. Oh. By the time that person got around to doxing me, which was the last day, uh, it was, I believe, July 15th, July 14th. My fiance called me and he was, he's, he is actually moving in, uh, but uh, he was on a big construction job up north, which is where he's been since the pandemic. He drove down at 430 in the morning. When he called me that night, he said he had never heard me cry that 
hard. He said, even when your mother died and my mm-hmm. mother was my best friend. Wow. And he's like, you weren't coherent. And I wasn't because I did not know that he, he's, he's told me, I told you I was going to drive down. And I was like, I don't, I don't remember. I got a call at four 30 in the morning with baby. I am on my way. Um, and mm. he actually moved, helped me move out of my house for a few days. Like we went to a hotel. Wow. That was one of the hardest things that I have had to deal with. Mm. It, Here's, but here's the thing. Again, I could count on uh, black women that person did had to actually shut down their own Twitter account for a little bit or make it private because black women were like, "Oh no, 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 no." We, this, let, let me tell you what we're not gonna do. I uh, I love them. As far as work goes, no, I, I still don't work mm-hmm. steady. I remember that January 2020 that I'm talking about, and later on that month was, you know, all these jobs were disappearing. And I remember sitting in my car, in my garage, uh, at 53 years old, I'm now 55, 53 years old, crying. And I was like, I gotta call my family and borrow money. Like, that, that hasn't happened to me in, what, 25, 30 years. And I heard my mother in my head, because my mother was the most logical person I'd ever come across. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So dry your tears and just be happy you got a family who can lend you the money. Like, it's okay. Like, think about what our ancestor went through. Think about what everybody else went through. Think about what I went through. Think about the fact that your grandparents, when my Uncle Thomas and my Uncle Tony, God rest his soul, were arrested. My grandparents put up their house when they were arrested during the Civil Rights Movement. She's like, this is nothing. And I, sure enough, I, I, I stopped crying. I was like, damn, I ain't my shit. Uh, I called up my Aunt Janice. My Aunt Janice is like, yes, yeah, so why are you upset? What you need? Hmm. My Aunt Mary was hmm. like, I hear you need mm-hmm. something. You okay? My cousin Carrie was like, what you need? Mm-hmm. Like my entire family. I was like, oh, that. Like they got my back. They always got my back. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah. So each time something happens, each time I'm like, ooh, is this one going to break me? I am reminded about who has me. I am reminded whose shoulders I stand on. I am reminded that in, in reality, though it is difficult, this is nothing compared to what our ancestors went through. So I'm good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I know it is so incredible to watch all the women that you are responsible for nurturing again, like through start with eight, you know, through the JTC list, women are getting hired. Women are doing what these women are doing. Well, you did an incredibly successful horror film competition and there were Tanana Reeve do was one of the judges. And this doesn't take away from the shitty fact that you are not working because you should be. But I I think the realistic, being realistic about it, which is that when you are calling the industry out, they should be hiring you and saying, thank you. But instead, we should all know that that means that you, you will be limited in that. But the treasures you get from the incredible success that you are part of and all of these women, 
I know that's a that's at least part of the reward for doing the work. Yeah, you're right. What you're saying is, you know, Cheryl, like it takes balls, balls to, to do what you've done. And most of us, most of us don't. And because of what happens, because this industry is very much like a high school. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Is it very much like high school? Yes, it is. But even, how can I put this? First of all, yes. The reason I do it, I could read you Diana Romero's post, which would explain why I do it. And she is a woman of color with disabilities. And she posted something on Facebook uh, that happened through Start With Eight. It's the reason I do it. It's hope. So let me explain. Start With Eight was a Twitter movement that we turned into an actual program. Shout out to Manon, to Reaper. It is her secret sauce forms that our mentees and our mentors uh, fill out. And then she and Jasmine Green currently are the ones who match everybody. We've had additional volunteers for it for Start With Eight. But it really is Manon, to Reaper. Uh, I call her my co-founder. So we've done three rounds in Hollywood, one round in the UK, one round in Canada, and gotten uh, almost 2,000 women of color in three countries mentors, which have led to people getting hired, projects getting funded, content getting distributed. And the funny thing is the... I'm trying to think of the money that has been specifically donated for that program, I'd say roughly it's between 25K to 40K maybe. Like a Gregory have to do the amount for all of that work. Uh, and if you think about the mm-hmm. fact that we did it in 18 months, in 18 months. Here's why I think it's easy for me to call stuff out because it's a lie. It's a lie. So fanginosis, mm. I am not a fan of diversity programs. I'm just not. Because it's like, let's have 5,000 mm. people, um, 5,000 marginalized people uh, fight to the death for 25 spots in this program, mm. that program. I have a friend of mine, Karamu Kush, who's done them all, still can't get work. Let's be mm. very, very clear. It wasn't until after the rebellion that all of a sudden they were like, oh yeah, we should probably help people get hired. Like that was when you decided? Mm-hmm. That was right. the moment you've been, you decided. And these programs have been around 30, 40 years. So here's why it's easy, because the entire lie of meritocracy is, I mean, the, the entire idea of meritocracy is a big fat lie. Mm-hmm. Because if that were true, mm-hmm. I would literally have all of Viacom's diversity money, all of Warner Media's diversity money. Like I would have, because here's the thing, I win. I win. Woke you win. Two thousand women of color in 18 months. I win. So here's the thing. I want all your money. Quit your jobs. I also feel like what you're saying about these diversity programs in a kind of more minor, like specific area for directors, you know, the whole idea of, we've talked about this a little bit before, Fanchon, but I think it really feeds into what you're saying, Cheryl, is the idea that, you know, come and, come and shadow us. You know, this like thing where I'm like, I'm going to give you this opportunity to watch me work. Um, we don't need that. We don't need the opportunity to watch anyone work because we know how to do the work. It's exactly the same thing. It's like, give me your money. 
yeah, context is everything. So it, part of the problem is that nobody ever really talked about the studies. So if you look at Annenberg, UCLA, San Diego State, USC, if you look at all these studies, what are those studies based on? Two under films, what, are, what do they all have in common? They're union. It is not a pipeline problem. And the next person who tells me it is a pipeline problem, I'm literally going to scream. It is not a pipeline problem. It is a hire my black ass problem. It is the fact that only 10% mm -hmm. of women of color working in entertainment belong to a union, a guild, or a trade organization. Why? Because you have kept right. us out because of the fees. You have pushed us to the margins. It is not a fucking mm -hmm. pipeline problem. It isn't. It is a mm -hmm. hire my black ass problem. It is the fact yeah. that we know that that intersection of racism and the power of whiteness, because we don't call it white privilege, because it's privilege to be raised by a black woman. Yes. Um, the, the, the very first thing is perfectionism. We got to be per. I don't, I don't have to be perfect. I am a fully formed human being. I am not perfect all the time. Stop asking me. Because the damage that is done yeah. to our mental health is staggering. So yeah, I'm calling you all mm. out. All of you heads of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I am calling you out. Hey, it's Fanchon, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back. And if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Sister Brunch, Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast, and we're on Facebook too at facebook.com slash Sister Brunch Podcast. Leave us a comment, slide in our DMs, share your news with us. We want to celebrate your hard work with you. We are coming to a close on this and we could, of course, go forever with you, Cheryl, and what you do. Again, we're so grateful for your work and for being that, that voice that discomforts others as needs to be. We often ask our guests about salary because we really want to encourage kind of open conversation about salary so that we know what we can ask for. And I know we've all said the most important right now, we got to get hired, right? But I wondered if you have, let's say, advice for our listeners or anything around what to do to get the salary that you deserve once you do mm. get hired or as you're negotiating it. Mm. I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction. I'm going to say sure. uh, green light yourself. So what happened was, uh, and Fanta knows this, I interviewed for a whole bunch of jobs. Uh, I couldn't get a line producer job because of ageism. And then the EIC and VP job, because I had never held those titles before, even though I'm just like all the other, especially black women I know who are line producers who hit that ceiling. Like we've trained a whole bunch of people who are now EICs and VPs, mm. but we ourselves had never held that title. Well, mm. Women of Color Unite is unique in the way that we wrote, again, shout out to Gregory Zide, when we wrote the mission statement. So Woke U is a fully functioning nonprofit production company. They don't tend to have them wow. in the United States. They're only a handful because they aren't, there's no funding from the government, but they do have them in other countries that are funded, like the UK, like Canada, like Australia. But we turned Women of Color Unite to a, to a fully functioning nonprofit production company. So after that happened to me, I decided that that wasn't going to happen to the other women of color that I knew, especially black women. So at our last team meeting, not only is the paperwork done, 
I am now Cheryl L. Bedford, president of Woke You Production. I gave myself the title because here's what I know. I'm smarter than the rest of them. Always have been, always will be. So I just gave myself the title. And then now Mananda Reaper is VP of Development. Jasmine Nichelle is VP of Production. Because here's what's not going to happen. They're not going to go through the same thing that I just went through. I'll be goddamned. So we have a slate of projects. I'm a producer. Because of Start With It, I got everybody's emails. And considering all the content that we do is normally focused on an ism in some way, shape, and or form, right? Like it fits our entire mission statement. So here's the thing, Hollywood. I'm calling you because the content is really, really good. Like I'm not going to lie. It's really good. Uh, Come fund it. Come distribute it. Like I'm going to be calling and I'm going to be holding your feet to the fire. And yes, I am now president of Woke You Productions. And my, right, my millennials, they now have the VP titles. They are doing the actual jobs. We got heads of production. We got the directors of development. Like all of that. Because again, let me tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to have the same shit that just happened to me happen to them. So here's mm-hmm. what I'm going to yeah. tell people. More so than even necessarily getting the salary you deserve. It's the title, the salary, all of that. Green light yourself. Give yourself the title. Don't necessarily wait for other people to do it. And that's what I just did. So, yeah. So I'm announcing it here. Love it. Woke You Productions. We're actually going to do a press release. I don't know where it is. And here's the last thing that I'm going to say. My bio now says 5,000 women of color because we just hit 5,000 members. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it. Like, I'm just, I'm not going anywhere. I've been in this town for 30 years. Nobody ever deemed me worthy. I was female. I was young, black, dark-skinned, fat. Like, nobody ever deemed me worthy. And here's the thing. I'm still here. So here's what I'm going to say to all those people that I met on the way up who are VPs and stuff, who now I have to talk to. Well, they actually have to talk to me. How do you like me now? <laughs> oh, shit. I, I feel like I we can, need a mic drop music. I was gonna say I know I know what the uh what the headline will be for for this episode. How do you like, like me now? How do you like me now? Cheryl. Cheryl. Thank you so much, sis. The kind of variety of voices we have on here yes. is so important. The strength that you bring that everybody mm-hmm. on here can get called out because you st- <laughs> you stay pushing. And that's what needs to happen. You do. You stay pushing. And but we wish for you all the self-care. We're excited about your upcoming marriage and, you know, that we knowing that you have you're surrounded by friends and family and and how important that is, is lovely, too. So thank you so much, Cheryl. Yes. Thank you, Cheryl. Congratulations on crowning yourself, too. I think this is amazing. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. This episode is definitely like one where there was no beating around the bush, which is appreciated. It was really great. We have always believed that Hollywood existed and the lack of transparency and the lack of accountability. So I'm going to be, I'm always going to be transparent. I'm always going to be accountable and I'm going to demand the same from Hollywood. 
So that's it. I want to thank you, Anya. It's wonderful. Like, we haven't been in the same space in a long time together. And Fanchin, you my girl. You my sister. So I love you both. We love you. We love you, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Sister Brunch with me, Anya Adams, and Fanchin Cox. That was our conversation with Cheryl Bedford. Go to sisterbrunch.com to find out more about her, her projects, and where to follow her on social. Follow us on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Sister Brunch and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Sister Brunch Podcast. Hey, have you got a question for the Ask Sister Brunch segment? Visit sisterbrunch.com to fill out our questions form and we might just read your question on the air. Also, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter to get job tips, viewing recommendations, and lots more. And also don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Your support means the world to us. Our senior producer is Sonata Lee Narcisse. Our show producer is Brittany Turner. Our executive producer is Cristobal and Sia Boade. We acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tongva people, for those of us in Los Angeles. Take care, everyone. Can't wait to see you next time.